interesting comments uh, after last week's message. Um, one thing I heard several people say is they were really happy that we had the coffee break back. So that was wonderful. And uh, that was really good. I'm glad you guys overwhelmingly seem to be happy with that. I also, um, somebody told me when I was talking about the cardigan uh, that I was going to throw in the garbage, I had two interesting things. One person came up and they said, it's very clear to me that when, you're, when you were not looking, your wife is the one that poked all the holes in that, in that cardigan. <laughs> so, and then I had two other people come up and they said, you know, I can fix that for you. So I did not throw it away, much to my wife's dismay. If you were here, you know the story. But it is going to be repaired by uh, one of two people that offered. Um, so the cardigan will rise from the grave. <laughs> It will be here next Christmas. <laughs> I am going to wear it. It will be on. It will be on me. And the other thing I um, found is the overwhelming. I had five or six people tell me how shocked and disturbed they were when I started ruining perfectly good apples. And, um, and I, my response was, well, it made the, the, I made the point then. If, if, it, if it bothered you. And those two apples that I destroyed, uh, ruined, did go to uh, the horses, the Sabin's horses. So they were, they were enjoyed. Um, today, <clears throat> we're going to, did they enjoy them? Okay, so yeah, they were good. Yeah, so, and you all, and, and I actually had several people also say, um, now what were those? I want to get some of those. So they were cosmic crisp apples. Very good, very good. All right, we're in Galatians 5 today. Um, also talking to ne about last week, I had uh, a lot of folks say they really felt like the parable of the wine skin and the new wine that we looked at last week was very much applicable to their life. And sort of a question that was given a couple, by a couple different people was, well, like, how do I get that new wine skin? Like, because yes, I see that I need a new wine skin. I see that I need new wine. I need something. God seems to be doing and calling me to something, but I don't know how to do that. So I felt like today it would be very appropriate to teach on, on that, and I would classify that as walking in the Holy Spirit. So I want to talk about what does it mean to walk in the Holy Spirit. And if we could go back to the wineskin and the wine illustration, um, we would just simply say that uh, you are the wineskin, and the wine is the Holy Spirit, and He would like to fill you, and He doesn't um, want to fill you and then have it all leak out but he would fill you that it would stay and good things would happen. And we see this over and over in Scripture, and I believe it's in one of the Corinthians. It says that we hold this treasure in jars of clay. So we are the jars of clay, and we hold the treasure of the deposit of God, of the Spirit of God in us. Um, we also see uh, in Scripture over and over, particularly in the Gospel of John, it says you are a temple or a house of the Holy Spirit. So you are a temple. We are that wineskin that holds the wine of the Holy Spirit. And there's many other examples. Another is Matthew 25. Jesus describes us as um, having lamps, lamps that ha can hold oil or not. So it's just over and over this idea of will we hold what God has given to us. And, uh, and I want to talk about what does that mean. And I think a lot of that has to do with walking in the Holy Spirit. So let's go to Galatians 5 in your Bible. If you're new to the Bible, 
Galatians is in the New Testament, the second part of the Bible. So you'll look through there and don't ever be ashamed to use your index. I did for a long time before I learned where all the books were. Um, and sometimes I still can't find Nahum or Nehemiah or Jude. They're just some of those books are like, okay, I think it's here. So uh, turn to Galatians and let's pray a blessing on the reading of this, of this uh, section. And we're going to talk about how, does, how do you walk in the Holy Spirit. So let's, let's pray, everybody. Lord, we welcome you this morning. We thank you so much for your sweet presence with us and your invitation to us. We ask that you'd give us ears to hear. Lord, I, I invite you and, and I ask this morning for the grace to repent and the grace to receive what you're doing. I ask for the grace to be doers of the word, not just hearers. And I ask that you would come in power, that you would anoint, as you always do, your word, and that you'd bear fruit, and that you would speak to us, this, each of us, not our neighbor, not the person across the room who really needs help, but speak to me, Lord, we welcome you. And we ask that we would learn and, and, and walk in your spirit. We'd be people of your spirit. I'm going to just now, as we're praying, I want to invite each person to prepare their heart for the word. So we have to prepare, we have to prepare soil that's not thorny or not hard, but that's soft. That means we just give God permission to do what he wants to do in us. Lord, we don't want to be fakers. So we say, come, speak. We receive you. Amen. All right, Galatians chapter 5, we're going to read verses 16 through 25, and it goes like this. I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets itself against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. These are in opposition to one another, so you may not do the things that you please. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions. Paul, could you stop? Envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. Of which I forewarn you, just as I forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against things like this, there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passion and desire. If we live by the Spirit, let us walk by the Spirit. So isn't this a powerful contrast? 
something that is very much of the Spirit of Jesus, and then something that is very much against the Spirit of Jesus. And, you know, if you identify, you know, we kind of have two lists here, guys. We have a list of things that really are probably bad things. And then we have a list of things that are really good things. And if you identify with the first list, I want to tell you you're in the right place because Jesus is a hospital for sick people. And we don't all just come immediately well. And part of the reason, you know, if you read Corinthians and Galatians and these letters, he, he's speaking to people that had these problems. It's not like these letters are, and they're like, oh my gosh, there might be somebody among us who's committing sexual immorality. It doesn't make sexual immorality okay by any means. But it speaks to saying there's a way out, there's a better way. It also at the same time, and hear me, whatever the issue that you and I are struggling with, it, at the same time, it also is a challenge. And it, it, it's, here's the thing, guys. I can't misteach the Word of God because if I do, I am warned that it would be worse, it would be for me as if a millstone were tied around my little skinny neck and I was tossed into the lake and I sunk. So I have to teach the true full word of God. And the true full word of God says, if you are playing a game of Christianity and you're living this first way and you're pretending and you're, 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 you better watch out. Be careful. Be warned. Because as I read the scripture, the Lord says, I don't like the way that tastes and I'm going to spew it out of my mouth. And I am compelled to warn you, all of us hearing, we don't want to be those people. Do you want to be those people? I mean, ask your neighbor. Let's just get kind of gross. Just turn to the person next to you. Do you want to be vomit? <laughs> Guys, did you know you can be vomit? You can be vomit. Revelation 3. We don't want to play a game. And I would just implore you this morning, because we're talking about a strong contrast, walking in the Spirit or walking in the flesh. Which are we doing? Well, how do we walk in the Spirit? I have a few thoughts that I want to highlight that I see coming out of this passage. And the first is that we must, would you say that with me? Must. We must have the Holy Spirit to get anywhere in the Christian life. Paul makes it very clear again in verse 16, 17, and 18, looking at verse 16. If you're walking in the Spirit, and if, by the way, if you have the Spirit in you, to the degree that we have the Spirit and we're walking in the Spirit, we won't do the bad things. And he says in verse 17, they're opposed to each other. There's a war inside of your soul between the, the, the Spirit and the flesh. And guys, the flesh hates the Spirit. It, it hates the Spirit. It does not want the Spirit to speak to it. And the Spirit hates the flesh. And they're at war. They're fighting. That's why, like, right now, some of you are really struggling to listen. You're struggling to listen because the, the flesh does not want the Spirit to prevail in you. It wants to have its way. Jesus says in John 6.63, it is the Spirit who gives life, the flesh profits nothing. And here's the thing, guys. You will be filled with one, and it will crowd out the other. And the choice is yours. 
You will be filled with the Spirit and it will crowd out the flesh, or you will be filled with the flesh and it will crowd out the Spirit. And Paul gives us this invitation and he says, you can walk a life that's walking in the Spirit and full of things like love and joy and peace and purity and goodness, or you can choose the other. It's sort of like my dishwasher. I'm going to tell you about my dishwasher. In 2011, we bought a new house. We lived there 11 years, nearly 12. We at one point had six people living there, four children. Three are gone now. But at one point, six people would crowd the kitchen, opening the dishwasher, shutting the dishwasher. Over the years, the plastic in the trays of the dishwasher began to wear off and disintegrate and revealing underneath the metal, which then rusted. You ever have a rusty dishwasher? You know what I'm talking about? You got chunks of rust in there. And uh, I did some quick math. That dishwasher was used 5,000 times probably-ish. One time my kids were wrestling. We had the door of the dishwasher open. One of my kids threw the other kid onto the dishwasher door that was open. So, pop! It snapped and hit the ground. And you can imagine the spring and the hinge no longer worked. I took it apart. I tried to fix it. My skills were not enough. So then when we shut it, it was like at a slant. So we have this rusty old dishwasher sitting in a slant. And then one day, we started hearing this noise all the way upstairs when we turn the dishwasher on. It was that exact pitch, by the way, because I listened to it for a year. And it would do that for about an hour and a half. And then one day I noticed under the dishwasher there was a puddle of water and it began to leak. I took it apart and took it apart and fixed it and took it apart. And the time came, oh, and it was very noisy, just very loud. Um, It was leaking. And so finally we went to Home Depot and for $579 I got a brand new 10-year warranty Maytag. And my life changed. It was incredible. And it made such a difference. It's kind of like going from an old car that barely runs and then you get a new one. It's like, you know, got Bluetooth and stuff, you know. And, and here's the thing. Some of us right now, your Christian life is like that old dishwasher. You're just, you're just limping along. You're dealing with the leaks. You're dealing with the noises. You're dealing with the fact that, it, by the way, it didn't wash our dishes well either. You're dealing with the fact that you'd open it and it would smell bad. Your Christian life is like that, some of us. And here's here's what Paul tells us. We have to have the Holy Spirit in order for us to be renewed. We, We must walk in the Spirit. If we want to overcome the flesh, we must absolutely walk in the Spirit. And that is the daily relationship with him. You will be filled with something. What you will be filled with is up to you. It's like that story that Jesus tells, and he he says, like, there's a demon, and if you cast out the demon, and then the house is empty. Remember what happens next? The demon's like, well, (laughs) they kicked me out, but there's nothing in there, and guess what? There's lots of room now. Hey, let me get my five buddies, sloth, envy, hatred, lust, and greed or whatever their names are. And he says, they're going to go get all their friends and they're going to come right back in and it's just going to be worse than it was in the beginning. You got to fill the house with something, guys. The house has to be filled with something. Because here's the thing. If, If Jesus is in your house 
If you are walking, if we are walking in the Holy Spirit, and I'm talking true surrender, I'm not talking about playing a game, I'm not talking about compromised, half-hearted, pretend, play, toy, let me look good, but I'm really a fake person behind when no one else sees. If we are filled with Jesus and the Holy Ghost, demons don't want to be anywhere around you. They won't want to be around you. I'm not saying they won't try. Okay, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. But they won't want to be around you. Here's proof. In the four Gospels, how many times do you remember that Jesus walked in and then the demon said, oh, God. oh no, he's here, what do we do? I mean, over and over and over. That's why. They just don't want to be in the presence of Jesus. So we must have the Holy Spirit to fill us and reverse the process of walking in the flesh. And I just want to implore you, if you're in this room today, and all of this sounds like an invitation, then maybe today is the day that you can come to Jesus, or maybe come back to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. You're, you're recognizing there's a war in you, and sin is trying to take you over. And if you don't know what sin is, I'll make it easier. Badness, all the bad things. Bad behavior is trying to run your life. And the gospel is that we repent of that and say, God, I am sorry I have lived and acted and done and thought this way, and I want you to be in my life instead. I invite you to forgive me of that through the shed blood of Jesus on the cross. Come and make me a new person. And then your life, you begin getting filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time. And the journey begins. So it has to start there. It has to start in a place where we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And having the Holy Spirit. So how do I walk in the Spirit? You might think, well, gosh, Jeff, I've done that, but I've failed a thousand times. Well, I have too. I'm with you. But guys, it's not a one-time thing. You don't get your plane ticket and then just wait around until the day that we go up. We are in a battle. We are in a war. And we must learn, as Paul says, to walk in the Spirit. It is a daily relationship with God. So let me just pull out these two contrasts that this passage offers and say two things as we talk about that how, further, walking in the Spirit. The, the Three, the first is that we have to have the Holy Spirit. And the next is, I, I want to just, again, this is a warning, and it's a, it's a call and it's an invitation to run from the things that grieve the Holy Spirit. Run from the things that grieve the Holy Spirit. I've had a thousand conversations with a thousand men and women as a pastor how do I live the how do I love my husband better? How do I love my wife better? How do I love my how do I how do I how, how do I learn to be generous with my money? How do I, you know, stay away from this temptation? How do I I mean just all this stuff. And guys, it just all comes down to this passage. We run from things that grieve the Holy Spirit. And Paul lists this list of awful things here in verse 19, 20 and 21. My neighborhood <clears throat> has um, a drainage problem. And anytime it rains bad, we get these huge, huge potholes in our, the entrance to our neighborhood. I mean, they're, they're really big. If it rains several days or weeks in a row and the crew can't come out to patch them, then instead of one or two hot potholes, the entrance, there's only one way in. And the, you'll have so many potholes that you almost cannot get through without hitting one. And I have to literally, when this happens, and it happens anytime it rains, I have to slow down to a crawl and then drive 
around and try not to hit the potholes. One neighbor on Facebook told me two weeks ago, because I jumped on our Facebook neighborhood group, and I said, hey, everybody, I'm starting a GoFundMe. I'm going to build a ramp that goes up in the sky and then down, and we can all avoid the potholes. And people were, you know, joking, like, yeah, that'd be great. And um, one neighbor said that he actually broke a CV axle and bent a rim on his car from hitting one of those potholes. So here's the thing, guys. Um, who would purposely drive into a pothole and damage their car? I mean, does anyone aim for the potholes? You know, Melissa, maybe you have a Hummer, you know? Who has a Hummer? Does anybody have a Hummer? You know? I mean, let's get serious now. Who would purposely drive their car into a pothole? None of us. Not if you want to, exactly. And, and I'll say this, great, great point, Vanessa, because if you want your life to work, if you want your spirit to work, you will get as far away from any pothole in your way as you can. You will avoid it. You will flee from it. You will run. And there is a, there is a devil that is here all the time, and here's what he's telling you guys. He's saying, drive into that pothole. Drive into that pothole. Drive into that pothole. Drive into that pothole. Cripple yourself. Wound yourself. And by doing that, we then push away the Holy Spirit when we choose to do that. The scripture talks about our capacity to lie to. I don't have references, but all of these are referenced in the New Testament. We can lie to the Holy Spirit. We can grieve the Holy Spirit. We can quench the Holy Spirit. And we can blaspheme the Holy Spirit. And in verse 21, which to me is one of the most frightful verses in the New Testament, he says, you've been forewarned that those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And that's a thought. It's something to think about. Am I practicing? Am I intentionally driving my life into potholes and in essence in that moment saying to the Holy Spirit, I just don't want you. I'm not interested in you. I'm purposely driving myself into this. So what do you do? Well, you run from those things. Run from people, places, and activities that would drive you and I into a pothole. Are there people in our lives? Okay, let's look, go back to the list. Verse 19. Immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities. Are there people in our lives that are influencing us to participate in those things. And guys, if there are, run. Run. Anger, disputes, dissension, faction, envying, drunkenness. That's a big one. Drunkenness is a big one. Drunkenness is, it will destroy your life. As a pastor, guys, I hear more tragic stories about, I went and got drunk and then this happened. And I just would plead with you, run from it. Run from it. And all these things. So people, places, and activities. Run from things that grieve the Spirit. So are there people in my life that are encouraging these behaviors of verse 20? How do we keep the wine in? How do we not tear? We run from things that encourage these things. Are there people in my life? And then there I put people, places, activities. Are there places in my life that encourage these things? And by places, I'm not just talking about real, virtual are there virtual places in my life 
that encourage these activities. If there are, I have to find a way to run from it. I had one guy that was talking to me not long ago, very young guy, was really struggling with a particular sin that he did alone in his bedroom often. And he just said, I fought, I fought, I fought, I fought, I fought, I fought, I fought. And he's like, what do I do? And I said, well, why don't you just, why don't you just take your door off the hinges? He looked at me like I was a space alien. <laughs> but then he said, you know what? I'm going to do that. And he went and he did it. And it helped. So as I read Jesus, he said, if your hand offends you, cut it off. Right? Are we all, that's not literal, it, it's figurative. But the point, guys, is don't play around with it. Don't play around with it. Get radical and find a way to fight it. Run from it. Run from it. And so running from things that grieve the Spirit, um, well, how do I be filled with the Spirit? How do I keep the wine in? Well, this is just, this is elementary Christianity. Run to things that welcome the Spirit. Duh, Jeff. We knew that. Like, so, you know, in, ver in, in verses uh, 19, 20, and 21, it talks about the, the things that we don't want in our lives. So we run, we run from those things very quickly. Run from those things. Run, run, run. Well, how do I get the wine and how do I keep the wine in? Well, I would say to you, run to things that welcome the Spirit. Because just like the Scripture says we can lie to, grieve, quench, and blaspheme the Holy Spirit, it also says that we can invite, welcome, and please, and bring pleasure to the Holy Spirit. Isn't that wonderful? We can, like, we experienced that this morning in, as we were singing, didn't we? Like when you're kind and you give someone something, when you buy, you feel a pleasure in you when you give. When you are like, you meet a neighbor, you help somebody, maybe you change their tire. When, I mean, just any, when we experience those things, we're pleasing the Holy Spirit. We have the capacity to please the Holy Spirit. So we run to things that welcome the Holy Spirit in our life. People, places, and activities. Run to people that welcome the Spirit. You know, you'll really be influenced by the people you hang around. And I really encourage you guys who are still in grade school and college to really hear this. Like, the people you rub shoulders with, it's going to rub off on you. You're going to start smelling like them. So I'm not saying don't hang out with, you know, people that are struggling. We should. Jesus did. But we have to be very careful about what we influence, what we let influence us, because he who walks with the wise will be wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. So says the Proverbs. And if we want to have more of a walk with the Holy Spirit, one of the best ways to do that is run from things that hurt it and run to things that encourage it. It's kind of like, you know, you go to this thing that someone called a faucet. Does anyone have a faucet in their life? And is your, who has a faucet right now? Who has, how many faucets do you have in your life? Think about your house. There's a reason for this. You probably have like eight, nine, ten in your house, right? You got a couple spigots outside, 11, 12. How many people in this room right now, your faucets are running? 
No one. No one's faucet's running. Good. We're not wasting water. All right. How are you going to get water out of that faucet? You got to turn it on. And then what? You got to get under it. Like if you want to shower and you just stand there staring at the shower head and you don't turn it on, or you turn it on, but it's not on you. We have to get, as the Pentecostals say, under the spout where the glory comes out. And we, we just have to do that. We have to run toward things that are ushering the Spirit upon us. People, places, and activities. So are the people in our lives people that are people of the Spirit? And guys, you know your best friends, and let me just say this again to the younger among us, when you receive an, a, a rebuke or an admonition, it is 90% of the time, probably 99% of the time, really, really going to help you. So listen. Listen to it. I know it's hard. I was, you know, 15, 13, 10 once. I remember, you know, rage against the machine. There's this thing called Generation X that came out of that. We all just wanted to not do anything anyone told us. <laughs> so that's Generation X. That's me. I, I get it, but it's good for us. It's good for us to be rebuked, to be admonished because there's something better on the other side. So be around, run to things that welcome the Spirit, people, places, activities. Hey, guess what? You're in a place right now that is encouraging the Holy Spirit in your life. It's called church. We are in church, and this is a place where we all come together, and I've just decided we don't want to play. We don't want to play. So you're in a place where hopefully most of us or all of us are saying we really want Jesus in our life. We don't just want to pretend. We get around in places. That's, that's, guys, that's why Lee's doing the, the camp out. It's not, it's not because of good s'mores. Like, it's not. Like, the reason she's putting this retreat together is she wants to create, and she has a lovely heart, she wants to create an atmosphere where the lovely, beautiful Holy Spirit can come and just wash upon his people. And that's what our home groups are. That's what our camping trips are. That's what tonight is at the mission. I mean, that's what all this stuff is. It's just, it's really, I mean, that's why we started this church. You know, it's really, did you start church because you wanted to preach? No. Did you start because of worship? No. Did you start it because you want to make disciples? No. For me, just the bottom line is, how can we get as many people in a place so they can experience the goodness of the Holy Spirit? Like, well, let's start a church. Okay, that works. It's kind of great. Like, what about preaching? Well, preaching's okay. What about this? Well, that's okay. We just, this is an excuse to meet God. It's a place where we will meet God. So run to things that encourage and welcome the Holy Spirit. Being around good people. And, and I, I, I just, as we talk about keeping the wine, as we talk about not tearing, um, I offer this passage to us as a way to walk in the Holy Spirit, to keep and to encourage and to foster in us what God is doing. And isn't it just great, like, you know, when you do experience the Holy Spirit, isn't it a contrast from just all the darkness and muck in the world? We, we had a really neat story, Abby and I, a couple of weeks ago. We were having our walk, our nightly walk. Sometimes we take walks at night. And um, so we were walking and we walked. It was dark. And um, it was right around Christmas, and uh, 
we saw this car go by and um, it pulled into our driveway. And we were like just one house from our driveway. So I, I, you know, I was like, okay, there's someone pulling in our driveway. It's like 9 p.m. This is like super weird. Don't know what's going on. And um, so we're like getting in the driveway at the same time. So I'm like, prepare to fight. And um, this little lady gets out <clears throat> with a Walmart bag. Did you know Walmart delivers like at, like they get people to deliver at 9 p.m. It's like what is happening? Like you're just bringing like you know. So this lady like in a Chevy Cruze or something brings this this package to our door, and um, so we're like, hey, and she's like, hey, I'm just Walmart delivery. And I was like, all right, well, Merry Christmas. And she said, um, Merry Christmas. Um, thank the Lord. You know, threw out a little Jesus nugget. And I, and I, so, so, so my point in telling you the story is walking in the Spirit, running things that welcome the Spirit. I was just on a walk with my daughter. And so she brings up God. So I can go in or I can say, hey, maybe there's a burning bush right in front of me, and I can take my sandals off. So I chose, which I don't always do, to engage in that, that plan, choose your own adventure, okay? And so I said, the Lord, I said, yes, the Lord. And I, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I, I said, we love Jesus in this house. And then she just like, you guys, like the heavens opened. And she just said, oh, like you do? Like, I love Jesus too. And like we just began to talk and like all the things of earth and you've been there, you know what it's like, all the things of earth is just like, it was like the matrix just fell apart and there we were, flesh and blood. And we just began to talk about Jesus and the goodness of God and her life and our life and it lasted a few minutes and then, then I went the next step further which is, can we pray? Like let's all just pray. What's your name by the way? Pam. Pam, I'm Jeff. This is Abby. Like, can we just all pray right here in the dark in this driveway? And she's like, yes. So we all held hands and we prayed. And guys, like, the power of God landed in my driveway with this stranger. This whole thing took like three minutes. And my daughter and I were shaken, shaken by what happened. And Pam prayed a great prayer. Like, she prayed. And that, and she got in her car and drove away. That little moment Literally, that carried me for about two weeks. The power of that moment stuck with me. It was so powerful. And I could have just said, Pam, I wouldn't know her name. Okay, great. Thanks for delivering my, my package. But I'm so glad I chose to say, let's just stop and see what the Holy Spirit might do and invite him to do something. You must have something to say. We did know, didn't we? Yeah, like I don't remember the whole conversation, but Jesus came up, and I, I love what Abby said, because it's like we all knew, and what happened? Do you remember how you felt after we prayed? Okay, I remember. Well, it's, it's just, it's undeniable when you suddenly meet the Lord in a way that you don't expect. 
And, um, it, you know, and I'm so glad I did that. I ran into a thing of the Holy Spirit. And I, I don't know what happened to Pam, guys, but that fueled me. Like, again, for about two weeks, I was just, I was higher than a kite because God just touched me in that moment. So let's stand. And there are some this morning that would like to be prayed for in regard to these things. I want to invite you to get prayer, if you'd like, uh, now as we, as we close. So let's pray. And if you'd like prayer and um, the prayer this morning, if it's applying to you, it's just to be filled again with the Holy Spirit. You might be putting aside, maybe you walked in with hatred or, or envy this morning, one of those things you, that we read. And so this morning is a chance to experience the new mercy of God every morning and repent of that. Or maybe you're just in a place where you're very empty or very worn out. We want to pray for you that you'd be filled. So let's do that. Holy Spirit, we, we welcome you to make us people, teach us to be people that walk in the Spirit. We just say to you, come, come and fill us, Lord. Lord.